Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Speaking of people regularly regarded as second-class citizens, it's the Bob and Cherry Show with Bob. I'm not here to be consistent. I'm here to be Bob and Cherry. Boom! Who can argue with that? And now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Cherry studios, it's Bob and Cherry. So I was reading this thing in People magazine about Judge Judy. I didn't know that Judge Judy in New York lived in the same building with Justin Bieber. When he was just coming up. Really? Here's, yeah, here's, here's the uh, quote. This is Judge Judy speaking. He's scared to death of me. There was a <laughs> period of time before he grew up when he was foolish and doing foolish things. With a laugh, Judge Judy recounted that Bieber allegedly had his security alert him of the judge's timetable outside the building so he wouldn't accidentally cross her path. Yes. Quote, this is uh, <laughs> this is Judy. I must have said something about it, and then I understood that he was paying the front door people to let them know when I was coming and going so he wouldn't bump into me. Right. Judge Judy evidently spoke out publicly after Bieber was arrested for a DUI in 2014. Being a celebrity is a gift, she told an interviewer. You could either treat it reverently or you could make a fool out of yourself. And he is doing a very good job of making a fool out of himself. Yes! She went, she went on to say, I think it's sad. Nobody's going to remember that he was a marginal singer. But they're going oh. to remember <laughs> a young kid who had a chance to have it all and who is blowing it by acting like a fool. And now with the DUI eight years behind him, Bieber has settled down with his wife and seems to be uh, getting his life uh, or keeping his life together. Somebody uh, always is going to get he has, he has uh, physical problems, which is really too bad. Isn't that funny, though? He would call down to the doorman and say, uh, is, is, is the judge, <laughs> is judge is she going out of the building? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, what a nightmare, you know, what a nightmare to have Judge Judy as your neighbor. Of course, it must, it must be. And I'll tell you what, I guarantee you the rent in that building ain't cheap. And you would think if, if you're renting an apartment for, let's say, $20,000 a month, don't you really want to feel like I got it made in the shade here? Look of course. I, I, I got, <laughs> got tour, man. I live in a beautiful place. I'm right in Midtown Manhattan. Oh, is that Judge Judy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I better. I gotta. I'm gonna duck into the broom closet over here yes. for a second. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine calling downstairs? Um, Judge Judy's not down there, is she? We're, we're ready to come down. <laughs> he had to pay the. He was paying the no, guys. No, 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 no. So, you know, at least the, the the doormen were making a little more money back then. You and know. It, uh, you know what? She, uh, what she was saying. Everybody was thinking. Go ahead. I don't, we don't know these people, right? But it does seem to me that Justin Bieber, 
has his life has changed so dramatically for the better since he married Haley Baldwin. He I think seems, so, yeah. He seems to be like so much more on track right. and stable. And when I say healthy, that doesn't like I understand he's had a lot of really significant health challenges, but his life is healthier. Yeah, than, it is. Than it was. You know, I understand I, that. I, I I think, you know, she's had a wonderful uh made a wonderful impression on him. But I also think, don't you just think it's just growing up too? No, nope, I mean no, this is Bob, a kid. Because when I look at rock stars and pop stars, um, the calendar age doesn't seem to really make that much of a dramatic impact on how they conduct themselves. So you think I, it's I all her? I think it's I, I think it's a lot her. I think it's a lot her and the way that he wants to be the, the kind of person he wants to be with and for her. Really? Because, because if you were just to say, well, you know what? You know, we all grow up and we settle down. No, we don't all grow up and we don't all settle down, especially in that world. Yeah, I think maybe that you're marriage, right. like, I don't think that we can save other people, but I think that marriage gave him like a base and he clearly adores her and wants to be, it's like, what's that? What's that Jack Nicholson movie where he's like, you make me want to be a better man. It's like, good as he gets. Yeah, I think he I think wants to is, be yeah. a better man for her. Yeah, that could be it. Well, good. That's very good. I just think it's funny. I, w- I wonder what it would be like if they met today. She's probably pleased with how he settled down in his behavior. Yeah, and would probably tell him that. And then he'd wet and, himself. And, and, and you know what? She's probably the only celebrity that he would meet who has more money than he does. Yeah, yeah. Highest paid right, woman in TV. Coming up on the show today, we have comedian Francisco Ramos. We have a rabbit hole that is so much fun involving Christina Applegate showing a talent you didn't know she had. Plus the Bob and Sherry box office and morons in the news coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good cat or day photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend, and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussums and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to bobandsherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catter Day from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, as the weather cools off in many sections of our country, people will be inside more. And of course, uh, relatives or friends coming over. Maybe you have house guests planned for the uh, two big holidays coming up. And you're going to be watching more TV. Here's an update from the Bob and Sherry Show and a couple of TV things that you may be interested in. If you have little ones and you want them to experience a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, it is back. Now, it's not on regular TV this year, but you can stream it for free. Apple TV Plus bought the rights. So you can only see it there, but it's free to watch for anybody from Wednesday, November 23rd through Sunday, November 27th. The same game plan is in place for a Charlie Brown Christmas. So it's not like it's popping up on your local CBS affiliate, but if you can figure that out with Apple TV Plus, they're going to give it to you for free. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, I mean, people love Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown Christmas. So You know, trying to, to, trying to sit down with little kids and watch that, the pace of it is so slow. 
that it's really challenging. Is it? And really? when I yes, yeah, I, I invite you to give it a try. Um, Kristen and Elle are a little bit young, but in another year or so, I strongly encourage you to sit those kids down with a Charlie Brown Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know what? I think they'd be okay with it because they're not allowed to watch screens. Every once in a while, he's given the opportunity to watch a Thomas the Tank. Like there's a Thomas the Tank, I think, movie here and there. Um, And he sits there absolutely mesmerized. When it's over, it's over. And he doesn't whine. And I know that that's working um, because I sat down and read him uh, Shel Silverstein books that I gave him for his birthday. And he couldn't get enough of it. And all it is, they're, they're just rudimentary drawings and words. And he hung with it. So I think that they could watch. But if you, if you have a kid and it's just been, you know, watch anything that you want to watch on TV. And they're used to all of the amazing uh, computer-generated shows that are available. I agree. Charlie Brown Christmas would be pretty slow. Well, for kids, you know, for kids that are... Um Growing up in a cocoa melon world, a Charlie Brown Christmas or yeah. Thanksgiving is yeah. excruciatingly slow. Yeah. And and you know, I I um, I, not everybody has the luxury of keeping their kids isolated no, from technology and screens. I'm, I'm not pointing. And the we finger. just I'm, I'm just saying we just live in a world now where, and it's true for us as adults too. Like, when was the last time you watched an old movie and you were like? All right, let's go. Let's get it going here. Come on. It's true. Because we're all so used to things moving so Twice much more fast. quickly and more right. edits and more action. And yeah, yeah. it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough. Speaking of uh, speaking of TV, I don't know how you feel about this. The Crown season five premieres on uh, Netflix. It's it's already on Netflix. Um, the royally juicy drama is going to include Elizabeth DeBecky as the late Princess of Wales. And it focuses starting, the crown focuses starting on 1990. And so all of that horrible year, as the Queen used to uh, refer to it, is where they're going. Not only the problems with Charles and Diana, but Fergie and Andrew. I mean, all of it, uh, just a, a terrible, terrible year. Royal, uh, the royals are just very upset about it because, you know, they've hated it from the beginning. The producers want everybody to remember it's loosely based on facts. It's not an actually true story. But I'll tell you, I liked the original crown. It must have cost a fortune to film it. They were in Africa, Australia, obviously all over Europe. And now, uh, I guess in the United States, because, you know, Diana came here came here quite a bit a lot of it's going to be focused on clothing that she was wearing her dancing um elizabeth debicki is yeah uh, it's like she's got the accent down the look the posture she's she's amazing she's She's got it down straight ahead have we got some morons in the news for you it's next right here with bob and sherry Let's go, go. Bob and Sherry. Idiot! With morons in the news. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, that's right, Andy Williams. You can tell the holidays are near. Decorations are going up. People are buying gifts. And a moron just stuffed a bottle of eggnog in his pants and tried to steal it. 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Wichita Falls, a Texas man, police said, stuffed a bottle of eggnog in his pants and also stole a couple of hairbrushes and put them in his back pockets. Kevin Ellis, who is 38 years old, is also charged with failure to identify when police said he pleaded the fifth when they said, what's your name? That's a first on Morons in the News. I refuse to answer on the grounds that my name may tend to incriminate me, but he was right because Kevin is also wanted for a violation of his probation. Um, he was uh, he was uh, found out by a loss prevention officer at the United Supermarket, and that is, uh, of course, in Wichita Falls. That's right, Wichita Falls. Uh, the officer confronted him at the point of sale, and Ellis pushed him back and then punched the officer in the face and dropped all of the items. The officer had blood on his left elbow and left eye. After Mr. Ellis uh, pled the Fifth Amendment, officers identified him through his previous arrests. He is not a good guy. Here's the thing also. Uh, it's hard to get away. Those, those eggnog uh, bottles are rather large. Uh, they're going to see you stuffing eggnog in your pants. And the you other know, thing is, um, he stole two hairbrushes. He's completely bald. I think that you're, I think you've misunderstood this whole case. This guy just knows that he was skipping a step and just applying the eggnog directly to his butt and thighs, which is where it's going. <laughs> Why not just spackle it on there rather than drink You know, it? you may be right on that. You may be right. Let's go to... Let's go to today's moron of the day. I love following the TSA on social media. TSA has a, whoever does their posts, they do a great job. They intercepted a passenger who was traveling with an entire raw whole chicken that had a handgun shoved inside. This is that time wow. of the year where we debate the difference between stuffing and dressing. Yeah. TSA says, TSA called a personal foul, F-O-W-L. <laughs> You're right. They're great. TSA says, hate to break it to you, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is a waste of time. Don't wing it. Find all the proper packing fo- info here. They cut the raw chicken open, and there was the entire gun with the handle sticking out. So you need it either a bigger chicken or a better plan. Yeah. I'm not sure which. Wait till right. you see the pictures. You're going to love it. And then keep in mind that TSA had to fish around inside the cavity of a raw chicken. We, yeah, we don't pay. Don't we don't pay that. people enough to do that. No, we'll no. get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. That is Morons in the News for today. Straight ahead, a brand new Christmas song from our queen, Dolly Parton, with a little help from a very famous friend. It's next. It's Bob and Shay. Wouldn't it be great to give a gift that somebody really wants and loves and needs something that they didn't even realize how much they wanted and loved and needed? We're talking Raycon's wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers. Premium sound, really cool, useful features, almost custom, comfortable fit, up to 54 hours of battery life, and it all starts at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's are a great product. And they make holiday gifting easy. They've got gift guides for everyone in your life at Raycon.com. And some smoking hot deals on their holiday bundles. 
Yeah, it's really fantastic. You go to buyraycon.com slash Bob and Sherry. Just go there, buyraycon.com slash Bob and Sherry, and use the early code EARLYBF. That code again is EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash Bob and Sherry. 20% off your Raycon purchase. Buyraycon.com slash Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Okay, we have brand new Christmas music from our queen, Dolly Parton, with a little help from a famous friend, Jimmy Fallon. And I don't know whether you like Jimmy Fallon or not. I think we can all agree he's having pretty much the best life ever. How cool would it be? Like, he gets to perform. He does that um, school instrument Fisher-Price thing with the roots and famous musicians all the time, which is super Mm -hmm. cool. How cool would it be to have uh, Dolly Parton collaborate with you on anything, much less a Christmas song? Pretty good, and he can sing. Well, they he was she was on his show, and they sang a medley of Christmas songs, and decided to um to to record this song, which is an original one, almost too early for Christmas. It's almost too early for Christmas. Too soon to be singing this song. There's still Halloween decorations, and haters will say that is wrong. Let's turn on the lights for Mariah To root off to shine up his nose It's almost too early for Christmas Why don't we see how it goes? Why don't we see how it goes? So bells and deck the halls I'm coming home, I miss you all can tell by your face, Bob, that we agree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
I think it is too early. That was terrible. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's just a C. It's a C. Yeah. I was watching Bob listen to that and I was watching his face go through the whole, the whole journey where he was like, I really like Dolly. This is not very good. <laughs> okay. I, I want to like this because I really like Dolly. She's trying so line. hard. In this that is song. not very good. Yeah. Like I watched you struggle with that. The whole time. You, you know what? I think part <laughs> of it was, uh, I think when you hear some of the uh, Christmas songs, they're so lush you know, that they have strings and they have choirs and the, the uh, musicianship of the orchestra is, a, is usually amazing. That track was like a really cheesy, cheap track. I don't think there was one real instrument used in that track. That was all electronic and it just kind of gave it. Dolly, Dolly is worth more. Dolly deserves more than a cheap track to sing over. But, you know, it is what it is, as they say. I, you know, there are people who are immediately resistant to new Christmas songs. They're like, that's all stupid. They don't, you know, you want the classics. Christmas is in this, the whole season is about nostalgia and memory, right? So you can, like your first, your first impulse is to go, no, that's not good. But then the more you listen to this, you're like, "Eh, that's just not very good. (laughs) It's just not, I mean. It's just not very good. She's a wonderful performer, and you know, really, so is he. He's, he's so multi-talented. You forget that uh, about him, about Fallon. He he can act. He's he was in a movie with Drew Barrymore as the male lead. Remember that took place in Boston. That I forget the name of it. Yeah, right, right. And he's a, he's a really good singer, uh, a good mime, he's a good musician. and uh, and he's uh, a great host. So, all right. You can't there hate. It is. Not everything is going to be a home run. No. Right? no. Some Max t- said hey, it's a solid You get an ugly tie. That's an <laughs> ugly tie, right? All right. Straight ahead, we're going to take you down the rabbit hole. We were talking about Christina Applegate. She's in the news right now, and she has a talent you may not realize. It's going to blow you away. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some. um, And I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at BobandSherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you and thank you for listening. Have you ever wondered what to do if you're in an abusive, narcissistic relationship or need tips on how to spice up your sex life? Or maybe how to not fall in the trap of being a mom martyr or perfectionist? Or you just want tips on how to get your picky kids to eat. Whatever the reason you were there, you are welcome. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist Podcast. Please join me for your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Find the Parentologist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the Parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed and keep out of reach of children. 
Bob and Sherry with the People's Movie Critic Lamar. You know, it had a little balcony and kids would get up the balcony and they'd get the candy and they'd throw it. At the price of candy today, if I'm a yeah. theater guy, I hope they're throwing it. Throw yeah. it! Hey, Lamar, for yeah. $8 a bag, I eat the M&M's and then I eat the bag. I'm not throwing it. <laughs> I tried to burp up the taste a couple of times. I mean, you know what I mean? If you think us Baptists don't speak to each other in the liquor store, you should have seen us avoiding each other last night. <laughs> I love Bill Murray. I mean, for me, Bill Murray's like bacon. And who doesn't like bacon, okay? I mean, <clears throat> they're both comforting, they trigger wonderful memories, and they both make you feel really, really good. Unless you're a vegan. And let's be honest, the only thing that brings joy to a vegan is to be able to tell other people they're vegan. Okay, that's, that's it. <laughs> Listen for his reviews every Friday and get all his reviews at BobandSherry.com. Bob and Sherry, go. We talked about Christina Applegate earlier this week. You know, the last season of Dead to Me is out on Netflix, and she gave an interview to the New York Times about how she's dealing with her MS diagnosis and right. how she just does not want to be trolled for how she looks or walks or anything. And it just broke my heart that, that we live in a time where she needs to tell people to not pick mm-hmm. on her you know, because she's dealing with a very serious medical condition. And so I right. guess because we had talked about her, my phone, which is a real busybody, was eavesdropping and served me something up that I had never seen before. It's um, uh, Carrie Underwood, Kristen Chenoweth, and Christina Applegate in beehive hairdos and little sassy hot pink like um, swing dresses doing a medley of girl group hits and Christina Applegate can sing. Did you know that? I did I not had know no that. idea. Let's hear it. I thought we could do um, like a tribute to 60s girl groups and with big pink dresses and, you know, beehives and... Oh, <laughs> no, I don't do big dresses. The beehives are as tall as me, so I can't have that I don't do wigs. Well, Dolly wears big pink dresses and has
is, let's go ask her. Carrie, is that Jimmy's ring you're wearing? Uh-huh. <gasps> Must be great riding around with him. So is he going to pick you up after school today? Uh-uh. By the way, where'd you meet him? I met him at the candy store. He turned around and smiled at me. You get the picture? Yes, we see. That's when I felt born. The leader of the Kristen Chenoweth? That yeah, was amazing. Yeah, cover, the cover, Ronnie Spector of, of the Run It. Three or four, of the, three of those songs are the best girl group songs I think ever recorded. We Love Me Tomorrow is the ultimate girl song. Carol King wrote it. The other two were Spector's songs. I mean, I just, she, I just have to say, great. Bob, that this was served up to me by my phone right after I read the New York Times interview where Christina Applegate said. I know what I've lost and there's it's never going to get better. And then to see her healthy and dancing and twirling yeah. and and just so free. It broke, yeah. It broke my heart and it just reminds you to not be a sour bitter old thing cuz you don't know what life's going to serve up to you so you better be happy now, right? We'll get that this posted great. up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook it's Bob and Sherry. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call 1-844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out. Out the window. Hey, Bob and Sherry! The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. There's been so much talk and coverage about lotteries uh, over the last few weeks and everything. And you think of lotteries, you know, as an American thing. Yo, okay, maybe they have them in Europe here and there. They actually have lotteries in China. And I don't know why that surprised me. It's such a repressive society. You would think, you know, we're not going to let the people be up to that foolishness. But they do have lotteries. And a guy, he gave a false name. You're allowed, if you win the lottery, to not show your face. You have to show up in some way, but you don't have to show your face. And you can give a fake name. This guy is calling himself Lee, L-I, and he's from Nanning, which is, uh, I guess, a town somewhere in China. I've never heard of it before. He purchased the winning ticket, uh, and he drove back home to claim his prize. 
uh, he was he was out of town. He was paranoid about being recognized when he went to collect his money. And so he dressed up in a bright yellow costume that covered his face and head, almost like a Tweety Bird outfit with great big blue eyes and a smile. It's a giant outfit of yellow. And uh, he turned up to collect his money and used, as I said, a fake name. Here's the quote. I have not told my wife or children. I am concerned that they might feel superior to other people and will not work or study hard in the future. That's what he said to the lottery officials. That would that'd be my luck. I'd be married to this guy who wins the lottery. <laughs> doesn't tell me. I know. And it continues. Listen to what he did. He, he realized he had the winning ticket. By the way, it's $30 million U.S., $30 million. And he said uh, the weekend before he was going to collect the money. I guess he probably found out on a Friday and he was going to collect on a Monday. He said, I did not leave a hotel room I checked into because I was afraid to go out and lose the lottery ticket. Also, he could not sleep all night long. I could see doing that. If I had that on a Friday, just barricading myself into a hotel room and just looking at that ticket and just saying, hang on, Bob, don't screw up. Don't <laughs> screw up. He said he's going to donate some of the jackpot to a charity for poor and vulnerable communities, and he is unsure about how to spend the rest. Um, he said, before, I only won a few hundred dollars. I regret I regard, I'm sorry, I regard buying the lottery as a hobby, and my family does not care. Plus, I do not spend much money on it, and the lottery provides a ray of hope for me. So, I, I do completely do? agree with everything that he said. I don't spend do you, a ton of money, and I it, it gives me a kick to buy. Like, yeah. I won, um, I bought a bunch of Powerball tickets, and obviously I'm still here. But I won, I bought some scratchies too, and I won $35 on my scratchies, which basically um, leveled out the money I'd spent on everything. And I broke even, D didn't win a million bucks, but could fantasize for a hot minute about winning that. And if I win the lottery, like I used to want to win the lottery so that I could buy like a really fancy RV and take to the road. But I have a new dream that I've not, I've not told anyone about my new dream because I know you'll it? make fun of you're going to make fun of me, but guess what? No, I won't. I don't I care. I don't care if you make fun of me. I'm not going to make fun of it. What is you're going to make fun of me? You are. You're going to you're going to mock me, and that's fine, <sighs> Mister. Your mockery does it, does it involve cats? I'm, I'm rubber. You're glue. <laughs> um, I want to go on my lottery dream home with that David dude, and who's so over the top and fun. I want to be a person on my lottery dream home, which is one of the realest of all the reality shows. There's almost no manipulation on my lottery dream home. And I know you probably don't watch it, so you don't realize that that is one of the realest of the reality shows. And I love it. People win $50,000 in the lottery, and David helps them find a condo. Rick and Lori won $180 million in the lottery. He helped them find their dream house. I want to be a contestant on my lottery is, dream house. That is so stupid. <laughs> you were going to make fun of me. I don't care. And you know what else? That show is so stupid. I'm sitting there. Mary's watching it, and I'm sitting there. And they're going through a house that uh, it's just nothing. They're going, oh, my goodness. It's such a wide open kitchen. 
kitchen's not well, that now wide open. Okay, here's the thing. But you're everything is relative and you're being snotty because listen, if you have nothing and you've been living in a cramped apartment and you suddenly win a million dollars and you can buy a house know, that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars with a backyard. That's a wide open kitchen. That's the beauty of my lottery dream home is that it's not all obnoxious over the top like oil money. It's real people having their lives changed by the lottery. I love it. Well, I'm I'm glad you didn't win it because I'd be concerned that like Mr. Lee, you might feel superior to other people and would not work hard or study in the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's why that's why God keeps me from winning, I promise you. Right. Although I do have a couple of large animal head costumes to wear to pick it up. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Everyone needs a laugh. It's time for comedian Francisco Ramos. So happy to be here, man. It's my first time in Montreal. Love this city. It's a great, great city. Great, great city. Love it. So many tours walking around is amazing. Uh, I still haven't met uh, any Latino tourists, though. I haven't. Uh, you know why? Because Latinos, when we travel to a different country, we stay. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela, guys. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. My family came. All right, thank you. <laughs> I am. I'm from Venezuela, but I've been living most of my life in the U.S., and I know I still sound like Fez from that 70s show. <laughs> can get rid of the accent, you know. I actually started taking an American accent class just to sound more American. And in the class, they tell me that I have to enunciate every word. So the other day, I got pulled over by a cop. So I was like, all right, I'm going to use my American accent. So I'm sitting in my car, the cop comes over to my window, and I'm like, hello, officer. Hey, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> the cop was like, uh, your voice. Uh, why are you talking like that? I'm talking like any American citizen. <laughs> and he deported me. That's why I'm here with you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, I turned English when I moved to the U.S. Uh, English is a very hard language to learn. Too many words sound similar. Like when I was growing up, I couldn't say the word beach. Couldn't say that word. And I had to do a presentation in middle school about Venezuela. You know, so I start... There's a big map of Venezuela behind me, and I go, uh, the best thing about Venezuela are the bitches. <laughs> there are very big bitches in Venezuela, and there are some dirty bitches too, and I don't like that. <laughs> I got suspended for three days. My teacher took me out of the classroom. She's like, ah, look, Francisco, I don't know how to do things in Mexico. I was like, what? I'm from Venezuela. That's the same thing for us. Is this your girlfriend, sir, or wife? How long have you guys been going out? What? You have no idea? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Here's my point exactly. Guys, we have no idea how long we've been in a relationship. We don't. You know why? Because ladies, you're the ones who keep track of a relationship. Because you're the ones that you start the relationship. But you never tell us. You just do it, and we have to figure it out. <laughs> I figured it out. I think ladies, you start the relationship when we say hi to you for the first time. We're like, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> he said hi to me on the 21st. <laughs> Let the countdown begin. <laughs> A lot of my friends are getting married. Uh, 
They love to have destination weddings, which I find that's a little trick that wedding people do, right? They invite a lot of people so they don't go, right? <laughs> Let's invite 500 people to Uganda. I don't mind going to Uganda, but they still want you to bring a gift. If I'm going to Uganda, the gift is me. <laughs> right? $4,000 and you still want bathroom towels? They're coming from the hotel room. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Francisco Ramos. Didn't you love him? That's I do. Every line was great. Him. Everyone needs a laugh. We'll post that set up on our website at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I'm now going to give you an example of the greatest employee any company ever had. He lives in Australia. We do not know his name but if he is not given the best bonus and an extra two weeks vacation, there's something wrong here. He's a truck driver, a trailer load of ammonium nitrate emulsion, a material used in mine site blasting, was part of a truck, not a caravan, but there were two or three. You've seen these like double trailers pulled by a big cab. And they are out on a highway near Perth, Australia, the western part of Australia. And all of a sudden, the tire pulling the ammonium nitrate emulsion, again, a material used in mine site blasting, the tire catches on fire. The truck driver's driving along. He's got the rear view mirror. I don't know how long it went before he saw it, but he sees flames coming off of the tire and he knows what he's hauling he pulls over now keep in mind this stuff is so powerful i don't know if you remember the uh the building that was blown up in oklahoma city this giant federal building was just taken out people were killed this is the same material basically that he's hauling to a blasting site he gets out and he decouples the cab I don't know how long that takes during the fire while it's right next to the material to save the cab. He drives the cab away and then runs. And this thing takes out a section of the highway and surrounding area, the size of a shopping center. The plume goes up. It must be 200 feet in the air. And miles away, people could hear the shock from this explosion. That's how big it was. This guy wanted to save the cab for the company. I got to tell you, if it were Bob or Sherry. Oh, yeah, I'm saving, I'm saving the radio station truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. Doing that, you know why? Because it has a fresh case of koozies in it, and those weren't free. <laughs> I got to be honest. If we were at the old station and somebody said, "Hey, there's um, there's like material used in uh, mine site blasting that's just been left in the parking lot," 
and uh, there's a fire near it, I would give heads up to you guys and, and push everybody out that second floor window. I'm just going to be honest here. Good luck to the rest. I hope everybody else understands that somebody makes an announcement. We're gone. I mean, we are gone. Are you kidding me? I'm. Uh, what do you think one of those trucks cost? Maybe eighty grand, hundred grand. So, oh, like I couldn't even guess. Yeah, maybe maybe more than that, depending on how old it is. He risked his own life to save the cab. To save the because cab. It, it was just a matter of lucky timing that he got away. If he gets nothing but a photo opportunity, a pizza party, and a handshake with a photograph with the GM. I'll tell you what, life is just not fair. If, He's got if, to have something. If he worked, let's say this is our former employer, a company that's just really killing it now in terms of the stock market. Um, this is our former employer. Max has saved the radio station truck from being exploded. And because he was able to get it out of the way in time, he also saved lives and property. However, he will not be the employee of the year. Right. <laughs> that right, honor exactly. That honor exactly. that honor needs right. to go to the sales assistant that got hired 8 months ago. That that right. is the employee of the year. They will never yeah, be Max. Exactly. It, it would never be Max. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then I go to the manager afterward I'm like, "Hey, not for nothing, but you know, Max saved a $150,000 station vehicle and prevented people from dying and Victoria has only been here for like 8 months." And and Rick Feinblatt would say, "Yeah, what are you going to do?" <laughs> yes. That's exactly what he would yeah, say. That's right. And then he'd Sir, go to lunch. What are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? He tell you what. Tell you what. Send Max in to see me. I'll give him twenty bucks. <laughs> that would be the end of and then he'd that. peel one off a wad. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me make right you feel good though. Pocket. Let me make you feel good because the CEO of that old company, that's what he did to their stock. <laughs> Shoot, that's for sure. Seriously, it would good. never, ever be Max. Max could tear right. his beating heart out of his chest and feed it to a starving co-worker. <laughs> and the employee of the month that year would be the part-time guy on the news talk station that no one's met. Right. It is exactly. so unjust. Max, yep, I'm on your right. side. Thank you. It's Bob and Sherry. Could it be a truly American art form is taking the world by storm? Ranking in the top 100 in many countries around the world each week, Restless Shores is a very popular with our overseas neighbors, even in many countries where English is not the native language. From Azerbaijan to Andorra, from Yemen to Yonkers, New York, and all points in between, Restless Shores international fans are the wind beneath this American podcast swings. For more, check out restless-shores.com and find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, well, this is odd. Decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app. I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. I love Aren't it. you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at bobandsherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and 
and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call us at 833-4244-BOB or 844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Bob and Sherry! Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hi, Bob and Sherry. You may not know that we have an app, although I feel like we constantly scream it at you all the time. If you go to Google Play or the Apple App Store, the Bob and Sherry app is absolutely free, and it does all sorts of cool stuff. You can listen to our podcast and our oddcast that way. You can talk back to the show. You can text to win all sorts of neat stuff. It's just a cool thing, and it's absolutely free. It's the Bob and Sherry app in the App Store and free on Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Guys, I did it. Last night I watched the Weird Al movie. And um, I wanted to love it. I really did. Because who doesn't love Weird Al? And it's made by the Funny or Die team. So I figured, how, how could it lose? Daniel Radcliffe does a great job of playing Weird Al. Weird Al does a great job of playing a sleazy record label executive. Um, the cast is all really interesting. Like Jack Black has a little part. Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento does a great job. There's a lot of stuff in the movie that's really, really good, but somehow it doesn't add up to be like a really great movie. Can I ask it's, you, do you think it's because although Al's had a stellar career and a very unique one, um, do you think that there's just not enough meat there to do a movie that's a, a no. biopic. I think what happened was they they did they set out to do a biopic, but they made like a a parody of the genre of the biopic, mm-hmm. and they they went really extreme. Like weird, the plot involves Pablo Escobar, and I mean, there it's insane. They went really far, but they didn't go far enough. So they didn't make a sincere Weird Al movie, and they I don't think they went far enough over the top in making a wild, insane Weird Al movie close, but not quite enough. Although, let me say, Weird Al barely knew Madonna. Like, I think they met once before he did, like, a surgeon. But in the movie, the the character of Madonna has a huge part. Like, she and Al get into a big relationship, and then things kind of take a turn. And I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody else, so I won't say more than that. But Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna is a revelation. Like it was amazing. She doesn't really look like Madonna. No, she kind of does because what she captures is that eighties, um, material girl, like a virgin Madonna, the lace skirt, all the crucifixes, big big teased hair. Yeah. She captures without looking like Madonna, she becomes Madonna because she captures all of the body language. All like when you watch her on screen in this movie, you're laughing out loud because she nails she nails Madonna. The attitude. And so it, the attitude, the body mm-hmm. language, the the little things that she does with like her eyes and the way she snaps her gum, it's hysterical. And so today, before the show even began, Max didn't know that I watched it last night. And he said, 
Did you hear about the Evan Rachel Wood Madonna thing in the Weird Al movie? So, Max, pick it up. So, she was in the movie, but she didn't sing the Madonna parts. But at the rap party for the movie, they had a karaoke machine, and she sang a Madonna song, and the director said, why did we use somebody else's voice? We should have used you. So not only can she sound like Madonna, she can sound like a couple of other artists. And this is amazing. Do you, do you do any other musical impressions? Yeah. Oh, do you know any Alanis? What can't, That's fantastic. What can't she do? She's yeah. so beautiful. She's a Seriously. great actress. I mean, if you watch Westworld, you already know that Evan Rachel Wood is just beyond. Like, she's amazing as Madonna in this movie. It's worth watching just for that. And the movie has a big twist at the end that you definitely want to stay for involving Madonna. All right, coming up, The Wicked Stepmother. Where did that come from? Would you be shocked to know? That it's one specific person? That's the reason for all the fairy tales and Disney movies. We got it coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called The Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. On the current Oddcast, our producer Doc revealed that he'd never been trick-or-treating. Was it for religious reasons? Nope. You're not going to believe why. You gotta hear this. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I guess everybody knows Tyson Foods, right? Out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. The foods yeah. are in supermarkets all over the United States. 
Tyson yeah, Foods. You see the advertising. Uh, the man who was the head of Tyson Foods uh, was John H. Tyson. And he just appointed his son, John R. Tyson, to become the uh, um, CFO. He's the CFO, John R. Tyson, CFO at Tyson Foods. He just got the job. He is, by the way, 32 years old. Uh, here's the news article. Uh, Tyson Foods chief financial officer, John R. Tyson, was arrested several days ago after allegedly becoming intoxicated and falling asleep in a woman's bed in the wrong home. According to a preliminary arrest report, Tyson, who's 32, was found asleep about 2 o'clock in the morning in a woman's bed at her home in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Tyson's headquarters is 10 miles away. The woman called police, and they, she said, there's a guy, I don't know who he is. He's asleep in my bed. The police uh, showed up, <coughs> and they believed that the front door was left unlocked, and that's how he entered. When police arrived, they said they located Mr. Tyson in the back bedroom, I guess he was uh, naked in the bed because his clothes were in the front of the bed. Officers identified him using his driver's license. Again, this is the CFO of Tyson Foods. He just inherited the gig a few uh, days ago. The report said that they found uh, the odor of alcohol on his breath and body, and his movements appeared uh, uncoordinated. Tyson was arrested on charges of criminal trespassing and public intoxication and was booked into the uh, county jail. Uh, I mentioned that he is the son of the uh, board chairman, John H. Tyson. Uh, spokesmen have said, we're aware of the inc incident. We're not talking about it anymore. I'm looking at a picture of this guy. Now, this is this is a rich guy. This is He's just inherited. He's the CFO. He's 32 years old. His last name is Tyson. He's kind of got it made. I mentioned that he was naked. They put around him this black sort of bag thing to cover him up. It looks like it's made out of vinyl. I've never seen it used in any police uh, mugshot before. It's like his head is coming out of a thick garbage bag, black garbage bag. And he's, uh, he's staring at the camera. What, what do you do if you're the old man and you've just given him a few days ago the CFO title. Everybody in the company knows this. And he ended up drunk in a woman's home, naked in her bed. What do you do? Do you, do you, do you take it away? Do you say, well, you know, he's growing and had a, you know, had a wild night. What do you do? I think you, you get him some help because like, there's a big, there's a big distance between I've had a wild night and I'm being arrested in a stranger's house. There's a big Naked. gap between those uh, there's two. There's a big gap. Yeah. So did he think that that was his house? Was it one of those situations? They're not. They're not talking. I don't know. I. I. Um, I guess that would be possible. The door was left ajar, but that means that you totally missed the house. Well, not there being were your a house. There have been other famous instances. Wasn't Robert Downey Jr., wasn't that where he got in trouble? He was found sleeping in a neighbor's kid's room. It's That seems, yeah, I think that did happen. Um, apparently, I don't think I've ever been, I don't think I've ever been overserved to the point where I went to someone else. I know I've never gone to someone else's house. I don't know how blackout drunk that would have to be. But there's a difference Pretty. between he thought it was his house and he stripped off and went to bed. And he knew it was her house. And he stripped off and got in bed. 
I don't think the he difference? knew. I don't think yeah, he knew. I, th- I think he was that blotto. But nonetheless, you know, he's the CFO. <laughs> he's the chief financial officer for the company. I got to tell you, if you're putting chicken wings into a box, you're probably wondering, you know, this doesn't like, seem right. This sounds like the plot of Tommy Boy, that Chris Farley it does. movie, doesn't it? It does. Would you like to hear the wildest story of somebody getting into somebody else's bed? And it's true. Yeah. I can't I can't use any names, but it, it was um, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. So he was renting the basement of this large Victorian house. And I'm not going to say where it is. And uh, there was a woman who was single who rented the basement prior to him. She had moved out. Well, there was a bar down the street and she was drinking with some friends at the bar down the street. And she got loaded Uh and thought that she was still living in the bottom of this house, which was just a few uh, houses away. So she walked home. The door was left. Actually, she still had a key. She got in. My friend hears her somebody entering and and yells, who is it? Hello, who is it? This woman keeps going, walking through the apartment, walking down the hall and gets into bed, takes off her clothes and gets (laughs) into bed with my friend. And he's going, what is going? Who are you? She, She is not responding at all. But all of a sudden, she's up against him, and she freaks out. She's deaf. Oh, and couldn't hear him yelling. She couldn't hear him yelling, who is it? She and couldn't she was, hear him saying, why are you here? She thought it was her house? She thought it was her house, but all of a sudden, she is literally face-to-face in bed with this guy, and he is freaked out. And now, she's completely freaked out. What's the likelihood of that happening? Wow. Slim and none. Yeah. Wow. Lock your door. You got to you gotta lock I don't your understand. doors, right? Like my doors are locked all the time. Whether yeah. when, when I'm home, they're locked. When I'm not, I yeah, don't yeah. understand these people that are I so casual. Either. Wow. I know. I know. All I right. Know. Straight ahead. The original Wicked Stepmother, where all the fairy tales got the idea. Maybe it's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this I'm a step-parent, although I don't use that word. Um, I love my bonus children the same as if, you know, I had get had given birth to them, although I'm very thankful that I didn't have to be pregnant like eight or nine times. Um, and I, I don't love that step. Like, we don't use that phrase in our family. And I really, really hate the way that the evil stepmother is such a prominent figure in so many children's stories, because that's not helpful, especially in a world where half of marriages end in divorce, right? And we it's have a true. lot of blended yeah. families. Mm-hmm. So I decided to try to figure out, like, where did this come from? Where did this idea of the wicked, evil stepmother come from? And some of it, you know, if you go back to like the Grimm's fairy tales, mm-hmm. a lot of it is about um, rivalry between women and the, and this is the story that I'm going to tell you and the real influence for the wicked stepmother trope in like fairy tales and Disney movies, especially may Mm -hmm. come to us out of ancient Rome because back in the day, um, one really powerful way that you could criticize a man in ancient Rome was to criticize the women in his life. 
wives, mothers, sisters. Like that was a way to really, really get at a dude back in the ancient days. So let's Mm -hmm. go, let's go to the first empress of Rome. Her name is Livia Drusilla. And she was the second wife of the emperor Caesar Augustus. Now, Caesar Augustus came to power after Julius Caesar got assassinated in 44 BC. So she is his second wife. And according to historians, by the time Livia, Livia Drusilla married the Emperor Augustus, she had a son named Tiberius, who um, my cat is named after this type, after this character, by the way, my cat Tiberius is named after this dude. And Augustus had a daughter from a previous marriage that he married off, and she'd given birth to two sons, um, and they were named uh, Gaius and Lucius Caesar, and one of them was set to be the emperor when their father died. But they both died. And so Mm. gossip began circulating that Livia had murdered these two, you know, blood sons so that her own son could ascend to the throne. Mm. Now, all of this um, went, you know, kind of went viral back in the day in ancient Rome, even though this was a period of time where people died young all the time from, you know, battles and poisonings and you know there wasn't really medicine so it wasn't all that shocking to die young Um, and it was also really dangerous to criticize anyone in power so this awful gossip about Livia Drusilla the evil stepmother began circulating quietly in the streets of Rome and it was an ancient Roman historian named Tacitus who wrote the history of the of this emperor's reign who cast her in the role of the scheming second wife who would do anything to make sure that her biological child had the power. So this kind of sounds very familiar to a story that we all know that goes a little bit like this. When Cinderella's mother died, her father rapidly remarried a woman with three daughters. And this woman was determined that her daughters would have the most beauty and the most privilege. And that's why poor Cinderella was left to scrub out the fireplace and have mice for friends. Do you see how this same story kept reappearing? Well, you wonder if if the Cinderella, whoever wrote Cinderella, you wonder if they were history buffs and and that actually was what spurred them to... uh, that character. Well, you're, you're, you know, the Grimm's fairy tales, right? Think yeah. about the story of Snow White, her father, the king, blah, blah, blah. And her mother dies. And here comes the second wife who is not going to have any part of her mm-hmm. husband's biological child. So right. she serves her up a poison apple. And so it's, you know, we're never going to know a hundred percent for sure. If Livia Drusilla in ancient Rome is the reason that we have phrases like step monster today. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it really fits, doesn't it? What were the names of the son, uh, the two sons again? Lucius. They were both, their last name was Caesar. <clears throat> Lucius mm-hmm. and Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, I think is how we pronounce it. Gaius maybe, I think maybe Gaius is the right way. Gaius and Lucius Caesar. <laughs> Gai- Gaius sounds like a character in a Mel Brooks movie. I bet it's Gaius. I bet I'm, I bet I'm butchering that, that pronunciation. Yeah. So yeah. for all the parents and all the people out there and blended families, don't buy into it. 
don't, don't do it. Buy, don't buy into this ancient lie right. of a fairy tale. Right. Yeah, okay, you may have a bad step parent, but you may also have a bad biological parent. That's right. You know, there's no guarantees in any direction. And who knows if Livia Drusilla poisoned anybody, right? We're never going to know. But it's interesting to think about. We'll post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Okay, it's time for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. These are little stories that you may have missed. The first two ones have to do with sayings. Sayings for life. Uh, The first one comes from a gentleman whose name is Frank Moore Colby, and he wrote a book called Anger. (laughs) I would hate to come home and my wife is... Is reading oh, just anger, the, you know. Well, also, I don't want to write it. I mean, to have to boil yourself in that for that. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, th- this is his specialty, and he just, it, the book was about how to control your anger. And he said, this is just an interesting, We a lot of us know this, but sometimes it's impossible to manipulate yourself to doing it. He says, and this is an expert on anger, many people lose their temper merely buying seeing you keep yours that is so true have you ever seen somebody who's just going out of their mind and you know they're coming at you because they disagree with you vehemently over whatever it may be something at work or whatever and you just go quiet hmm okay then i guess that's the way you feel they blow up even more but it's so hard not when somebody is taunting you and trying to fish you in to get into the argument. It's so tempting for so many of us. This is the story of my life because in conflict situations, yeah, I freeze. Like yeah. there's fight or flight or freeze, and I freeze, which means that I go very. And you've seen it. I go very yeah. quiet and I stare I at you with my freezing, large. Yeah, I stare I at you with my large right grouper-like term. eyes. You d- you don't. It's not like you're paralyzed. You just go very very quiet and let I go this very blow it out. I go very yeah. still and let the storm right. work itself out. Right. But while and I don't, I didn't realize this until someone I love pointed it out to me. Not only do I go very still, but I don't blink very much. And then my already gigantic protruding eyes are fixed on you, and it's a little bit like something out of a haunted house. So there you go. I'd work on it, except it's worked for me, so I'm just not going to change. Yeah, that's exactly right. Here's the second phrase. If you love someone, let them nap. That was on a sign outside of a restaurant. If you love someone, let them nap. I follow up with this article that I just read for Small Plates. Just a six-minute nap, regardless of what time of the day it is, will help to improve memory just like that. Six minutes and you wake up and your memory, your recall is going to be better. You know, if I knew this when I was in middle school, um, Mr. Brown, just um, I know we have the algebra quiz, quiz going on here. 
I would really like to do well uh, in this quiz in your class, Mr. Brown. Would you give me six minutes so I could go to the nurse's office and just lie down for a while? If you could get a doctor's note, um, I know. you know, that you need a couple of short naps throughout the day. It would have helped me at least a little bit, wouldn't it? At least a little bit. Here is our next small plate. I love this. Do you not love it when a dog cocks his head at a human being? Oh, like they're looking at you like, what's up with you? Yeah. Like they're listening. You know, that you're doing something, you're making some sort of a sound, or you're talking to them, and all of a sudden they cock their head. I just love that. Even if it's by, you know, a professional working dog on TV, I can't get enough of a dog cocking his or her head. My dog does not, and I wish that he did, because I love it so much. And what I just read was, they did a study of these dogs who are head cockers, and they're usually the smarter dogs. It takes, because what the dog is doing, he's not, he's not just going, well, that's a weird sound. He's trying to understand what you're asking him or her to do. Finn is very smart. He's not cocking his head because he doesn't have any difficulty understanding you. You think so? I'd like yeah, to you're not that. you're not outsmarting him. Yeah, that he's very smart. Now you want to see some play me for treats. He, that's for sure. Yeah, he's he's as smart as you. Now, if you want a dog cocking his head, come on over. I got one. Is that right? He'll cock his head at you every ten seconds. Trust me. But if you're a dog owner and you're one, you know, I have a dog, a, a golden or whatever, and he cocks his head from time to time. He's trying to understand what you're coming up with, and that's I don't know to me just very encouraging and. So there it is. Small plates for today. It's Bob and Sherry. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic. I'm assuming that the majority of people have Netflix, okay? Except, of course, our Amish listeners, Caleb and Ovesta, who can't see because they don't have electricity. <laughs> they spend all their time baking shoe fly pie and playing tiddlywink or whatever. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> You know, you got to understand, if you're easily offended, this movie is not for you. Lars's terrible accent, though, you ask about that, it seems to come and go. And I'm not sure if that's on purpose because that would be funny or if he's just lazy and he wanted to get this thing over with. I know for a fact I did. I wanted to get this over with. You're going to love this. Let me, let me ask you, though, is 11 minutes and 40 seconds worth of a fight scene a little tiring? Not if you ain't the ones fighting. <laughs> I think that's a fair point. Listen for his reviews every Friday and get all his reviews at bobandcherry.com. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So we're talking about Veterans Day. I have very, my memories of this are super um, soft focus because I was very, very, very little, but my my grandfather was a veteran. He was a Navy veteran, and he would go with his buddies, his Navy buddies, to the VFW Hall about, you know, a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. And the VFW Hall was like this social hotspot. Veteran would, of foreign wars. Yeah. Not everybody grew up in a town with a VFW in it. No, I know. But they would have um they would have dances and bingo and like family nights, like like hot dog nights where you could bring your kids and grandkids. And I went, my pop-up took us to the VFW a few times. One time we went for a dance. So I'm like five or six maybe. And I had never seen adults 
dancing with each other, mm-hmm. like partner dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this VFW, I mean, I, I can close my eyes and still see it. The room was, it was dark, but there were colored like Christmas lights all around the room. Mm-hmm. And the adults were dressed up, yeah. which, you know, like when yeah, I was a yeah, kid, yeah. like you didn't see my family, we were poor, you know, you like we weren't the people that. Dad didn't wear a tie. I never saw my father in a tie. But but this was a night at the VFW. This was a dance. fancy night. Yeah. And so, you know, the women were all dressed up with mm-hmm. lipstick and heels and like pencil skirts. And the men were in uh, like some of them were in their, their like their dress uniforms and they were dancing. But I don't even mean like slow dancing. Like they were partner dancing in a way that I'd never seen adults do that wasn't on television. It's almost like seeing your parents in school because yeah. it's, it, they just don't belong there. Do they also belong on a dance floor? I thought it was just the most like insanely glamorous big time Hollywood <laughs> thing. So fast forward a million years and a few summers ago, I've got Olivia and Karamia with me and um, we're visiting family and we had some time to kill between showing up for family things. And I said, all right, you guys, we're going to drive around. And I'm taking them through this neighborhood to take them to the school where I went to first grade. And there it was. And I didn't even realize it was there. Mm-hmm. Tucked next to like the Little League field underneath the overpass was the VFW hall that my pup-up took us to when we were kids. Now, in my memory, in my imagination, it was the freaking Copa. It was this big, dramatic, glamorous nightclub. In reality, it was just a tiny cinder block building with that iconic VFW hall and then the number sign Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. But it was still operational. Good. It was still, like, the lights were on. There were still people going to it. And I just stopped the car and pulled into the parking lot and stared at it. And, of course, the girls are like, what is this? I'm like, in my memory, this was this big, fancy thing. Once in a while, a kid will listen to you explain what it means, and it sinks in. Not all the time, but once in a while, they do pick up on things like that, you know? I see with my girls, they're starting to ask me questions now about things Mm -hmm. and they want answers to it. Right. Um, Things that I've never, that they kind of know, but they don't really know. But at that time, they they were like in, you know, fourth and sixth grade. Like they could care less about mommy's tour of, you know, her childhood haunts. Right, right. But whenever I think about every Veterans Day, I think about going to that VFW hall and feeling like, oh. Man, there's there's a moment I am living when you see it there's a moment when, after you have been away for many many years you're describing seeing it it's like you just discovered some sort of a gem that you didn't even know you were hunting for and yet it's and it's so shocking it's so like your memory of it and the thing yeah. itself yeah so now my nephew Ryan gets married a couple of years ago and we go to his rehearsal dinner, and his rehearsal dinner is at a restaurant two doors down from the VFW hall in that town. Hmm. So I had gone out to the car to get something, and when I walked around, because I didn't know where Kevin had parked, when I walked around and found the car, there was the VFW hall. So I trotted, I trotted over, and I peeked in, and it, the colored lights were on the wall, really, and there was music playing. Now there were just a handful of people in there and they were they were much, much, much older than right. than I remember them being when I was a kid. But it's still a thing in a lot of places and that 
is it's a good thing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's going. I don't know that it is the thing that it was, you know, in your probably grandfather's not. day because those guys were just coming out of the war. As yeah, it was probably not. Yeah, that's great. And even you know, honestly, my memory of it is probably not very accurate either because to a little kid seeing an adult seeing two adults dressed up and dancing Mm -hmm. is so much larger than life Mm -hmm. right memory is tricky yep it can play tricks on you sometimes it can be absolutely a hundred percent cemented in your mind that that is exactly what happened whatever it may be and then somebody will come along who was there and they'll say it really wasn't well and it's shocking to you i'll tell you what i didn't misremember that plaid beanbag ashtray my grandma won at bingo at the VFW Hall. Yeah. Hashtag family heirloom, people. I think everybody out of that era had a beanbag ashtray. I don't know who invented that or why. They made but, some money, whoever oh, did. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes, we fought over that when the will got read. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend just go to bobandsherry.com that's b-o-b-a-n-d-s-h-e-r-i.com and hit the contest tab and hit the contest tab and it's the perfect holiday gift dina's fizz house virtual mixology classes with bob and sherry the new and improved bob and sherry website just go to bobandsherry.com i read an article about you know how fax machines are becoming obsolete even though they're still like in all the businesses and they've been around for a really long time. Yeah. But here's what's here's what's going to make. The, well, first of all, the fax machine was basically invented in like 1843. Okay. Um, I know that that's shocking because you think of it as something that came around when Xerox put it out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But it was some Scottish dude named Alexander Bain who invented. He, they called it the electric printing telegraph. 30 years plus before the phone was invented. And it wasn't really tested all that well, but it basically was the fax machine. You mm-hmm. know, instead of in, instead of a voice communication or whatever, it was basically a fax machine. Here is why the fax machine is in trouble. There's a huge European company called Ofcom that has had a mandatory requirement that every telecom company that uses their software had to have fax machines. And Ofcom last week said, nah, we're done. The fax machine is done. We're going to let it go obsolete. So if you think about it, the fax machine, VHS tapes, pagers, floppy disks, music cassettes, think of all of the technology that has been around for, for your whole life, CDs. That yeah. is going to look like some ancient artifact to the people of the future. I, I still can't believe the that technology's our, moving. I know. I, I can't believe still that fax machines are um, a part of, well, a doctor's office. And they use them, you know? If oh, they yeah. want to communicate, oh, yeah, yeah. if they want to communicate with another doctor's office, they'll say, well, get his fax mach- machine and we'll go back and forth faxing whether or not you should have this medication or whatever it is that they're, uh, that they're finding. You would think that that is gone. And it would just be totally in the internet. I can't remember what it was for. I was trying to help Kev with something. This was like right when the pandemic first started. And he was so frustrated. He gets so frustrated with people, phone calls, paperwork, and technology. So I said, all right, let me, let me help. So I get on the phone and the, the person says to me, 
well, can't you just fax the document? And I was like, can I, can I email it? Well, can't you fax it? Well, I don't have a fax machine. And, you know, it's like COVID. This was the beginning of the pandemic. COVID quarantine. Nothing's open. Why can I just scan it and send it to you like as an email or as a Google Doc or something? And she was like, no, I'm sorry, ma'am. We, we have to have it as a fax. You have to have it as a fax? Am it's I their way sending... of doing business. It's always been yeah. their way of doing business. And yeah. we're not going to change, damn it. Yeah. So I'm like, am I faxing it to 1985? Like, what do yeah. you mean you have to have it as a fax? It was crazy. We had to figure out, because our printer, some printers have a fax program. I ended up having to find this crazy app where I scanned. <laughs> I Here's what I did. I scanned the document in, and then I had to download an app, and then I had to e-fax it to their fax machine. I, I could have gotten it there more easily by putting it in my clenched jaws and running there. <laughs> you know, That's how if much you have of a to do that, this was. you know what you need to do if you have to do that next time, go to someplace like Staples. Most of them have these little sections where, where they can, uh, they can fax for you. Yeah. 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 Remember when it's, I said this was the bucks. beginning of the COVID quarantine when everything was yeah. closed? Yeah, I yeah. couldn't go. I literally couldn't go anywhere. And I was never able to get a straight answer. Why does it have to be faxed? And I'm asking you, why now do we still need fax machines when it's so much easier and more secure to email it? And here's a great example why. Old company, old station, the fax machine was out right next to the printer in right. a big open space where anybody could go. Right. You, and the fax machine and the printer were the same thing. You'd go, I'd send something to the printer, and then there's Rob from sales, his tax return, just getting faxed over. <laughs> like, you have no privacy. There is no privacy with those in this Why uh, would you, why do you scenarios. want to do that? Why do you want to do that? So it's, we'll it's see if this. In its last few years. We'll see if this article is true, if the fax machine is really heading out. All right, we're going to play the Bob and Sherry box office next. This is Bob and Sherry. I have seen and heard so many really interesting excerpts from Bono, YouTube Bono, his autobiography. Um, there was a, it was in my newsfeed last week, an excerpt, and he reads the audiobook version of his autobiography in his beautiful Irish accent. I listened to an excerpt about um, Michael Hutchins, the singer for the Australian band In Excess. He and Bono. Yeah. Um, and Bono's wife, Allie, they were very, very close until Hutchins spiraled down into addiction. And Bono did not even know what to do. His friend was so sick and, and then he was gone. That was fascinating. Um, listening to him talk about how the band knows it'll never have another big radio hit. That was really fascinating. And Bono has offered the public a sincere apology for how their album Songs of Innocence automatically download it to more than half a billion iTunes accounts in 2004. I remember, I remember People that. were outraged, remember? Furious. Yeah, outraged. furious. How did that happen? So, does does here's he how it about happened. how that actually yeah, happened? Yeah, here's how it happened. Bono pitched the album at, to the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, and said, we'll give it to you to give to your customers as a gift. And Tim Cook said, but Apple is not a subscription organization. And Bono said, well, not yet. Well, of course, now Apple is a subscription organization with Apple Music, mm -hmm. right? 
Right. So, um, and, and Tim Cook was like, I, I don't get it. Why this would be free. Isn't the whole point to make sure musicians get paid. And Bono said, no, 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 you, we're not giving it away for free. You pay us for it. And then you give it away. It's a gift from you to your customers. So the story is, is that Apple paid you too, like a hundred million dollars and then launched um, the iPhone six with that U2 album in iTunes. And people were furious. A lot of people were like, look, I didn't give you permission to load this into my device. And other people were like, whoa, I hate you too. I don't want this anywhere near my iTunes. And, and so there were so many complaints. Apple ended up having to um, create a site that helped people get rid of this U2 album six days after the album was released to the uh, customer for free. Six days. That's how I, I can't that remember. controversy kicked up so fast. W- was it that hard for uh, the average user to uh, get rid of the download? Well, before Apple did it, it took them six days to code it. But before they launched that tool, you had to swipe and delete each song one at a time. Oh, okay. Or you had to hide the album in your iTunes. And a lot of people were like, first of all, I don't, why do I have to go to this effort? This is an invasion. I don't want this. It's and, true. Um, you, the band was bewildered. Apple was bewildered. Like, we just gave you something for free. And, and you don't you don't want it. People were like, no, we don't want it. No. And so it's been so interesting. I'm going to have to read the whole book. It's been so interesting. All of these little glimpses into stuff that was happening that even if you were only casually following like rock music or pop culture, you knew what was going on with Michael Hutchin. You were there when iTunes dropped the U2 album and hearing Bono tell those stories from his perspective and his own words. And he's a really beautiful writer. Not surprising. He's a songwriter. I mean, he, there's this section where he talks about, you know, the difference between himself and a real proper rock star. And he's talking about Michael Hutchins, but he could be talking about Mick Jagger. He says a proper rock star is both completely masculine, but also completely feminine at the same time. You have to have both of those energies. That's when you get that beautiful, otherworldly kind of rock star. And if you think about it, that's Jagger, that's Hutchins, that's Steven Tyler. Think about that's how many Elvis. rock stars. That's Elvis, Elvis. Presley with pink yeah. outfits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and he talks in the book, he talks in the book too about his marriage. And he and his wife have been together for, I want to say like 37 years, some crazy amount of time. And he said that they, um, they almost lost it. They almost lost their marriage because he was away all the time with the band. And then when he was home, he wasn't really there either. Like he might've been in the house, but he wasn't really yeah. heart and soul there. It's, it's and, been said that if you yeah. lead that rock and roll uh, tour life, that it takes weeks and weeks to really become a human being when you get back into your house. I mean, even Linda Ronstadt, when she was traveling, she traveled with a, with guys. She said she'd come off of a tour and she said, my mouth was so filthy for about a month. 
because it's just that you're, you're with roadies and you're with the other musicians and every, you know, the food is lousy and you're trying, you're tired and you know, somebody threw something from the crowd and it's like this that, and everybody understands. But then you get back to civilized society in your house and you sound, you know, like a potty mouth. So I, I totally get that. I think the reason so many people were upset, I think if, if it was not YouTube's, uh, YouTube's uh, music and it was the collected works of Chaucer, there would have been less uh, complaints. It's just that human beings of our era identify with our type of music. And if an alien part of music comes into our world, we are furious because that's not our identity. Um, it seems to me, though, like because I, I got the album and I listened to it and it was, it was all right. You know, it wasn't my favorite U2 music. But I was like, well, that was, a, that was free. I was not as outraged as a lot yeah. of people. Were you, Max? Were you completely outraged to get a free U2 yeah, album? Yeah, I didn't want that. I mean, I like, and I like you too, but I was just like, what are you doing this for? Mm -hmm. (sighs) It's going to be, if if anybody else has um, picked that up, I'd love to hear from anybody else who's reading it. It's whether you're a YouTube fan or not, it is fascinating. It's a fascinating story about a rock star life. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good Catter Day photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend, and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussums and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to bobandsherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catter Day from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. There were a bunch of comments on Reddit about a post in the area where they say, am I the a-hole? Um, this guy said his, he identifies himself as OP. And let me just read what he says. I've been married to my wife for five years. She has two kids from her previous marriage, Jason, who's 22, and Carla, who's 19. Uh, continued to explain that he sorely underestimated how much it would cost to help raise two teenagers. OP said he burned through much of his saving, contributing to his wife's children, especially because of her insistence to remain stay-at-home stay parent until they graduated from high school. OP also said after his eldest stepchild spent four years at an out-of-state college, he was informed that he would be footing the bill even longer. Jason moved out, this is the quote, after graduating high school to attend college out of state. And when Carla graduated last year, we agreed she could have one year at home. A few days later, I walk into the kitchen and my wife's on the phone with Jason. And she told him that he was more than welcome to move back in. I wasn't opposed, but I told her he should know that he will be expected to contribute if he's moving in. She responded that, She had always told her kids that they would be welcomed home whenever they wanted to and not have to worry about expenses. I told my wife that was really nice of her, but if Jason moved back in, he'd have to pay rent to pitch in with groceries and utilities, and probably it should be the same thing for Carla. She said they're her kids and shouldn't have to pay to live at home, so I told her if she felt that strongly, she should go back to work. 
So anyway, uh, this couple is really uh, going at it, and they uh, OP here asked for the opinion of the Reddit users. And by and large, 80% said, Jason needs to kick in, and so does Carla. They need to pay something. I think they said that mostly because this guy was paying for private school, and it went through a lot of his savings, and now they're coming back. And a 22-year-old is going to eat a lot of food. There's just going to be more commotion, but more expense. I think that those kids should kick in. And I'm usually the softy in this sort of thing. If this, if this were my house, I'm the softy with Mary and me. I would be saying, well, you know, it, it's hard for young people to find a place they can afford. Mary would be saying, <clears throat> when did you look for a job last? You, did you go out yesterday? Okay, you and I talked. $20 a day if you're not working. Where's my 20? I mean, she would just not put up with it at all, and I probably would be suckered. But out of something like 12,000 responses, 10,000 said, this, this kids need to pay. What do you think? Well, I mean, if you want to live like an adult and have adult privileges and adult freedoms, you have to expect some adult responsibilities. Like, are they coming back into this house expecting to come and go as they please? And and are they thinking that you're going to clean up after them and buy all their groceries? Because if you want to come and go as you please and have friends over and, you know, get high or drink or whatever it is you're doing, if you want those adult privileges, then you have to pay the adult fare. You got to kick in and act like a roommate and a roommate has to pay their way and pull their weight in terms of chores and stuff. Yeah. They don't get into whether or not the kids are, I guess they're going to be coming and going, but there's nothing about what their social life is going to be and all of that. What do you think about the thing that the wife uh, does not want to work? She had not worked when she was raising them and she's choosing right now. You know, I just don't work. I, I just don't work. Bob, it's you're like talking this guy to someone, has nowhere to go. You're talking to someone who's had a full-time job since she was 14. I don't I even know what that. you mean by the phrase, she right. doesn't want to work. Well, who the hell does, sister? But you gotta. <laughs> what does that even mean? Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't want to work. Oh, thanks for sharing your feelings, Deb. Like, what are you talking about? What do I think I about that? I don't even. I can't even make sense of that. But this poor guy is in such a bad position. He's either going to have to be a real hard ass, and there's going to be all sorts of friction, or he's a wimp, and he capitulates. God, I would just hate to be in this situation. My guess is. I hate to even say it. That's not going to last if she doesn't in some way realize that his needs have to come in here. Oh, I think that he'll be gone within six months of um, everybody moving back in and him carrying all foot the weight. Yeah. Footing the bill for gone. who knows how long. Yeah. For who knows how long. Right? It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.